Before I start today, I want to say thank you so much. My podcast seems to be going, dare I say, viral. I had more than 3,000 downloads during the month of March. That was 2,000 more than my best month ever, which was the month of February. So I don't know. It seems to be catching on, and I'm so excited about that because I knew that if I just held on long enough that I would find my audience. I'm continuing to work on that. What I would ask you to do, my dear listeners, is if you listen on Apple podcasts, rate and review the podcast. And no matter what platform you listen to this on, please pass the word on to your friends. There's something here for everyone, as I'm sure you're going to find out in today's episode. I was very, very moved by the response that I received from so many about my episode last week on Ukrainian singers and composers. But I thought that today, especially with it being April Fool's Day, that we needed somewhat lighter fare for a change. By the way, if any of you are inspired to support the podcast on Patreon, please go to patreon.com slash countermelody, where you can make a monthly or yearly contribution to help fund the podcast. I am so grateful for the support that I have received from those of you who support me on Patreon and to those who are simply devoted listeners. So let's now turn to my April Fool's episode. Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. As always, I am your host, Daniel Gundlach. No preaching here, no lecturing, well, maybe just a tiny bit of each, but the primary spotlight will always be on the singers that enrich and enhance our lives, no matter what is going on in the world around us. Thanks for joining me. This week's episode. Have you noticed that today is April 1st? Well, it is. And I'm going to begin the episode with what I would call an April Fool's joke. Without any further explanation, let me just play it and we'll see if you are in on the joke or not. If you see Kay, please tell her that I love her. Tell her that I really care If you see Kay, please tell her I adore her Tell her no one's half so rare I would see her today But I know she'd turn away Please tell her that I want her Tell her that I need her Tell her that I really care That 
was a tune by the composer Morty Pellets with words by Alec Wilder. This is a very rare recording from 1950, the title of which is If You See K. This perfectly sets the tone for this week's episode because there's going to be a lot of if you see Kaying around here, if you know what I mean. The title of this episode is Cabaret Risqué, Broadway Edition. Need I say more? If you are a prude or a person of easily offended sensibilities, may I suggest that you turn to a different countermelody episode, because this one is going to be Body, body, body. Downright dirty, in fact. Here's the story behind the song that we just heard, as I discovered it on the Wilder World podcast, a show dedicated to the music and lyrics of Alec Wilder. These are the recollections of the publisher Howie Richmond. It was really a joke which Alec, together with Bill Engvik, Morty Pallets, and Jimmy Carroll, who conducts the orchestra, had recorded during one of their sessions. A dub copy was given to an NYC late-night disc jockey named Jack Eigen, who had a show at the Paradise Restaurant on the mezzanine floor of the Brill Building. His format was to introduce new releases via advanced pressings, requesting the audience to call in and offer their opinions. Some of the listeners caught on to the title, and that evening there was a genuine commotion. Within a day or two, it was gone and forgotten, and Mr. Eigen ceased auditioning new releases. April Fools, folks. So for today's episode, I've decided to limit myself to primarily Broadway-style songs of innuendo and subversive sexuality. There may be a further Cabaret Risqué episode in the future of this podcast. We'll see how you like this one. Let's begin with a rather prim and proper number called Confession from the Schwartz and Dietz 1931 Broadway musical hit, The Bandwagon. I never kissed a man before Oh, isn't that a shame? I never kissed a man before, before I knew his name. I never had a taste for wine. Oh, isn't that a sin? I never had a
that was the delectable Judy Holiday, one of my most beloved performers. That's from her only solo release called Trouble is a Man, which I believe is a song by Alec Wilder, if I'm not mistaken. Woohoo! All these connections. At the beginning of the week, I went onto Facebook and I asked people to offer suggestions for risque material. I did get not a multitude of responses, but I did get some very, very good ones. And I'm hoping that most of them are rep. I think that most of them are represented today. First was a friend of mine who, well, let's just say he's got like a secret crush, or maybe not so secret, on, of all people, Eddie Cantor. This is a song by Irving Berlin that Eddie Cantor interpolated into the Ziegfeld Follies of 1919. It's called You'd Be Surprised. I don't think I even need to comment on the loose morals of this piece. Johnny was bashful and shy. Nobody understood why Mary loved him. All the other girls passed him by. Everyone wanted to know how she could pick such a bow with a twinkle in her eye. She made this reply. He's not so good in the house, but on a bench in the park, you'd be surprised. He isn't much in the light, but when he gets in the dark, you'd be surprised. I know he looks as slow as the eerie, but you don't know the half of his theory. He looks as cold as an Eskimo, but there's fire in his eyes. He doesn't say very much, but when he starts him to speak, you'd be surprised. He's not so good at the start, but at the end of a week, you'd be surprised. On a streetcar or in a train, you'd think he was born without any brain, but in a taxi cab, oh boy, you'd be surprised. Oh my god, speaking of loose morals, Sophie Tucker was the loosest one out there. For those of you who don't remember who Sophie Tucker was, she was a singer, actress, and radio personality who lived from 1886 to 1966. She was born to a Jewish family in what is now Ukraine, so I could have included her in last week's Cornucopia of Ukrainian singers. Her family emigrated to the United States shortly after her birth and opened a restaurant in Hartford, Connecticut, at which their young daughter would sing for tips. She eloped at the age of 17 with her first husband, whom she left just a few years later. In 1907, she began singing in vaudeville, and from 1909 on, with the Ziegfeld Follies. She always chose the most colorful and body material. Here's one from 1928 called He Hadn't Up Till Yesterday, and it's just a riot. There's a boy I'm crazy about, and I know he's wild about me. At the love stuff, he's not a real sheep man, cause I'm the roaring lion. He's the bull weak lamb. Has he squeezed me? No. Has he pleased me? No. 
Has he told me tales of friends? Has he ever kissed me unawares and whispered, honey, take a chance? Well, he hadn't up till yesterday, but I guess he will tonight. I'm gonna show him in the parlor why a girl turns out the light. I won't waste any time on talking. I'll stop right in on sight. And if he's never forgotten his Bible, uh, you can bet he will tonight. And he hadn't up till yesterday, but I guess he will write soon. He may be the slowest man under the sun, but wait till I get him under the moon. He's got to love his big fat mama. He'll get no chance to fight. And my name isn't Sophie Tucker. If that guy don't fall tonight. Just a few years younger than Sophie Tucker was Bessie Smith, who was known as the Empress of the Blues. Bessie Smith is standing in today for all of those extraordinary blues singers from the 20s and beyond, many of whom were queer and all of whom were exemplars of the so-called dirty blues genre. And by the way, I did a whole episode on those exceptional singers last summer, so check that out too if it interests you. Songs that sometimes could be profoundly vulgar. This one, I think, fits into that category, but it's primarily about a weighing of sexual generosity with economic payback. The song is called Put It Right Here or Keep It Out of There, and it's also from 
steal it, beg it, for it somewhere. Long as he gets it, child, I don't care. I'm gonna tell him like the Chinaman, when you don't bring him checks, you don't get him laundry. If you break him down, Nick, you got to get it, bring it, and put it right here. Unless you go. Now, there is a ton of German material as well, of really bawdy songs, and I have numerous CDs in my collection of so-called schwule Lieder, gay songs, which were performed in cabarets, especially in Berlin, in the 1920s. I think I may do a full program on that at some point. Maybe I'll do a queer version of Cabaret Risqué for Gay Pride Month. But for the time being, we just have a placeholder for what was going on in Weimar, Germany at this point, with two selections from Kurt Weil and Bertolt Brecht's Die Drei Groschen Oper, known in the United States, of course, as the Three Penny Opera. There is an astounding production of this going on in Berlin right now, directed by Barry Kosky at the Berliner Ensemble, which is the former Theater am Schiffbauerdamm, where Die Drei Groschen Oper had its premiere in 1928. It's subversive, it's queer, it's political, it is everything that is shocking about this piece that remains so nearly a hundred years after its premiere. We're going to hear two selections from Drei Groschen Oper today, not from that production, but rather first from a 1999 recording of the piece. The first is Die Ballade von der Sexuellen Hörigkeit, or I think as it's known in English, The Ballad of Sexual Dependency. And it's sung by Mrs. Peacham, who talks about how any upstanding man can meet his downfall through his sexual dependency upon women. The performer here is the delectable Nina Hagen, whom I featured a couple times on the podcast. Und dies mir an, was sie sind. 
sich auch Spuren, als sie verreckten, wer begrub sie? Huren, das fragt nicht, ob sie wollen, sie sind bereit, das ist die sexuelle Hörigkeit. Der hält sich an die Bibel, der ans BGB, ein Mann, ein Christ, ein Jud, ein Anarchist. Am Mittag zerwingt man sich, dass man nicht Sellerie frisst. Nachmittags weint man sich noch ner The next selection is from the New York Shakespeare Festival production of a new translation, a three-penny opera, that was presented at the Public Theater in 1976. The new translation was by John Willett and Ralph Mannheim, and this is what is originally called the Tango Ballade, or in this case, the Ballad of Immoral Earnings. The performers are Raoul Julia, of course, very well known for his film roles and his other stage assumptions, and Ellen Green, who's probably best celebrated for her performance of Suddenly Seymour in Little Shop of Horrors. They present a very grim picture of the sexual dependency, if you will, between McKeith and his sometime lover, Jenny. There was a time now very far away When we set up together, I and she I had the brains and she supplied the breast I did her right and she supported me life then if not quite the best and when a client came I'd slide out of a bed and treat him nice and go and have a drink instead and when he paid up I'd address him sir come anytime you feel you fancy her the time's gone past but what would I not give to see that whole house where we used to
positions on the bed. He thought his wits would make it premature. But in the end, we flushed it down the sewer. That could not last. But what would I not give to see that whole house where we used to I said this was going to focus on Broadway, and so let's turn our attentions to the Great White Way, if you will. I'm going to offer a number of performances from the so-called Great American Songbook, not all of them terribly well-known, but all of them quite risque. Of course, the greatest of these masters of the double entendre and the innuendo was Cole Porter. A while back, I featured an episode of Cesare Siepi and his All Cole Porter album. A lot of people really loved that. But there were also a number of listeners who felt that Siepi, as a non-native English speaker, really couldn't do full justice to Porter's wordplay. I actually think that has more to do with the kind of singer that Siepi was than with his dexterity in the English language. But the point is well taken. I simply don't think that my listeners will have a similar objection to the singers that I'm offering today, however. I'm going to offer you today a bunch of singers who absolutely focus on the words to the most delicious effect. The first of these is the singer and actor Martha Wright. She's probably best remembered today, if, again, she's remembered at all, it pains me to say, as Mary Martin's replacement in both South Pacific and Sound of Music on Broadway. She was a native of Seattle, and she put out two solo recordings. The first one is what I'm really interested in today, and that is her 1956 release on the Jubilee label called Martha Wright Sings Censored. This is one of these records that looks like it could be really, really tacky, and I think it is a supreme example of how to put this material across. So I'm going to offer you two selections from that today. We're going to start with a portion of her performance of Let's Do It, which leads off the album. I'm going to offer the second portion of the song in which she sings some updated lyrics provided, I'm assuming, by Cole Porter himself, which reference Luella Parsons, Tennessee Williams, and others. You'll hear it. And by the way, she's accompanied by the Joe Harnell trio, who are also magnificent. Belgians and Greeks do it. Nice young men who sell antiques do it. Let's do it. Let's fall in love Monkeys, whenever you look Do it Ali Khan and King Farouk Do it 
Let's do it. Let's fall in love. Luella Parsons can't quite do it, but she's so highly strung. Marlena might do it, but she looks far too young. Tennessee Williams, self-taught, does it. Kinsey with a deafening report, does it. Let's do it. Let's fall in love. My kith and kin, more or less, do it. Every uncle and aunt. But I confess to it. I've one cousin that can't teenagers squeezed into jeans do it probably will live to see machines do it let's do it let's fall in love let's do it let's do it let's fall in love one of my favorite cabaret performers, and one that I have featured in little dribs and drabs over the course of the podcast, is Elizabeth Welch. She was an American-born singer who lived from 1904 to 2003, another one of those long-lived artists. She was born in the U.S., but the majority of her career took place in Great Britain. She was one of an amazing series of performers who appeared on Broadway in Blackbirds of 1928, which then began a run in Paris, where Welch began her career as a cabaret singer. Upon returning to New York, she was asked to step in to the Broadway production of Cole Porter's musical The New Yorkers where she took over this controversial song. By the way, Welch was in her early 80s when this live performance took place in London in the summer of 1986. When the only sound in the empty street is the heavy tread of the heavy feet that belong to a lonesome cop, I open shop. When the moon so long has been gazing down On the wayward ways of this wayward town That her smile becomes a smirk I go to work Love for sale Appetizing young love for sale Love that's fresh and still unspoiled Love that's only slightly soiled Love for sale Who will buy Who would like to sample my supply the price for a trip to paradise love for sale let the poets pipe of love in their childish way I know every type of love better far than they if you want the thrill of love I've been through the mill of love old love new love 
for sale Appetizing young of for sale If you want to buy my wares Follow me and climb the stairs Welch was invited by Cole Porter to perform the song Solomon in the first production of his musical Nymph Errant in London in 1933. From there, there was really no turning back. She remained in the UK for the rest of her life. I recently did a program during Black History Month celebrating Hutch, Leslie Hutchinson, who was one of the biggest cabaret stars of that period. And in that, I included him singing the song that Cole Porter allegedly wrote for him called I'm a Gigolo, which was incorporated into the musical Wake Up and Dream. In 1935, Cole Porter, who was a very, very good interpreter of his own work, did a recording himself of that same song. And I want you, of course, to notice the reference to lavender. It's just interesting to hear Cole Porter sing about his nature having more than a touch of lavender in it, because as we know, that was his primary orientation. I should like you all to know I'm a famous gigolo And of lavender my nature's got just a dash in it As I'm slightly undersexed You will always find me next to some dowager Who's wealthy rather than passionate Go to one of those nightclub places And you'll find me stretching my braces Pushing ladies with lifted faces round the floor. But I must confess to you, there are moments when I'm blue, and I ask myself, whatever I do it for. I'm a flower that blooms in the winter, sinking deeper and deeper in snow. I'm a baby who has no mother but Jack. I'm a gigolo. Every morning when labor is over, to my sweet-scented lodgings I go. Take a glass from the shelf and look at myself. I'm a gigolo. I get socks and bonds from faded blondes every 25th of December. Still, I'm just a pet that men forget and only tailors remember. Yet when I see the way all the ladies treat their husbands who put up the dough, you cannot think me odd if then I thank God. I'm a gigolo. 
I mentioned Mary Martin a few minutes ago when talking about Martha Wright. Of course, Mary Martin herself was a ginormous Broadway star. She didn't do so well in Hollywood. It's interesting. They didn't know what to do with her. But she had her first big break on Broadway in Cole Porter's musical, Leave It to Me, in which she sang the show-stopping number, My Heart Belongs to Daddy. This appears to be an alternate version of the hit record that she made with Eddie Duchin and his orchestra in 1939 of that song. It's got some wonderful little variants in it that I think makes it an even better recording, actually, than the one that was so enormously successful. I used to fall in love with all talking about the musical Nymph Errant a few minutes ago. That was one of Porter's musicals that premiered in London rather than Broadway and featured, among other performers, the inimitable Gertrude Lawrence, who introduced this song, The Physician, which is one of Cole Porter's most fabulously suggestive lyrics. Once I loved such a shattering physician, quite the best-looking doctor in the state. He looked after my physical condition, and his bedside manner was great. When I'd gaze up and see him there above me, looking less like a doctor than a turk, I was tempted to whisper, do you love me? Or do you merely love your work? He said, my 
my bronchial tubes were entrancing. My epiglottis filled him with glee. He simply loved my larynx and went wild about my pharynx, but he never said he loved me. He said my epidermis was darling and found my blood as blue as could be. He went through wild ecstatics when I showed him my lymphatics, but he never said he loved me. And though no doubt it was not very smart of me, I kept on racking my soul to figure out why he loved every part of me. And yet not me as a whole, by my esophagus he was ravished, enthusiastic to a degree. He said was just enormous, my appendix vermiformis, but he never said he loved me. I know he thought my pancreas perfect, and for my spleen was keen as could be. He said of all his sweeties, I had the sweetest diabetes, but he never said he loved me. One of the greatest interpreters of Cole Porter was Mabel Mercer, the British-born cabaret singer who established herself first in Paris and then in New York. She epitomizes the class and tasteful bawdiness of so many of these lyrics. She was, in my opinion, the greatest interpreter of Cole Porter's lyrics. And in this 1956 recording from the musical Jubilee, here is just one of those things. It was just one of those things, just one of those crazy flings, one of those bells that now and then ring. Just one of those things It was just one of those nights Just one of those fabulous fights Trip to the moon on gossamer wings One of those things If we'd thought a bit of the end of it When we started painting the town We'd have been aware that our love affair was too hot cool down so goodbye dear and amen here's hoping we meet now and then it was great fun but it was just one of those things cole porter did not have a corner on the market for this type of song not at all it may surprise some people to know that Richard Rogers, before he started producing more palatable Broadway material with Oscar Hammerstein II, was half of the songwriting team Rogers and Hart. And who is Hart? We're talking about Lorenz Hart, known as Larry Hart. Though the Rogers and Hart musicals are much less well-known these days than the more crowd-pleasing Rodgers and Hammerstein. Nevertheless, they produced four shows that were really big hits. On Your Toes, The Boys from Syracuse, Babes in Arms, and what I consider their greatest musical, Pal Joey, which was first produced on Broadway in 1940. There are a number of Rodgers and Hart songs that have become cornerstones of the great American songbook, and one of those is the song Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. Unfortunately, 
One very seldom hears the original lyric, which is quite suggestive, and which is sung by the tired, middle-aged socialite Vera Simpson, talking about her affair with the title character Joey Evans, who's, how shall we say this, a bit of a schmuck. He's a not-very-talented nightclub performer who has a very strong libido and who really doesn't know how to treat a woman right. But Vera is in thrall to Joey, and she sings about that obsession in the song Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. And for this performance, I'm going to offer you Martha Wright again from that 1956 recording, Censored. After one whole quart of brandy, like a daisy, I awake. With no bromo seltzer handy, I don't even shake. Men are not a new sensation, I've done pretty well, I think. But this half-pint imitation put me on the bling. I'm wild again, beguiled again, a simpering, whimpering child again. Bewitched, bothered, and bewildered am I. I'll sing to him each spring to him and worship the trousers that cling to him. Bewitched, bothered, and bewildered Am I? When he talks, he is seeking words to get off his chest. Horizontally speaking, he's at his again, perplexed again. Thank God I can be oversexed again. Bewitched, bothered, and bewildered. Am I Larry Hart did not have a happy life. Like Cole Porter, he was gay. He died prematurely at the age of 48 in November 1943. Another of Rodgers and Hart's successes in on Broadway was a 1927 production of A Connecticut Yankee, which was based on Mark Twain's novella, A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. The show had a revival in 1943, and a number of new songs were written for that revival, including this one, To Keep My Love Alive, which was the last lyric that Larry Hart ever wrote. It's written for 
the anti-heroine Morgan Le Fay, and it was sung in the revival by Vivian Siegel, who a few years earlier had created the role of Vera in Pal Joey. Sadly, I don't believe we have a recording of her doing the original lyric for Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered, but we do have this magnificent recording of her singing To Keep My Love Alive. There's just so much to love about this, I don't even know where to start. First of all, her pristine vocalism and the way that she absolutely inflects both the melody and the words so as to pinpoint the double entendres in this fantastic song, which is really one of my favorite Larry Hart lyrics. I married many men, not one of them, and yet I was untrue to none of them, because I bumped off every one of them to keep my love alive. Sir Paul was frail, he looked direct to me. At night he was a horse me so I performed an appendectomy to keep my love alive Sir Percy was a singing bird a nightingale that's why I tossed him off my balcony to see if he
Let's return to Cole Porter for some examples of his later songs. From his 1939 musical, Du Barry Was a Lady, which was another vehicle for the great Ethel Merman, we have the song Katie Went to Haiti. In this 1939 recording, it's interpreted not by Merman, but by Gertrude Neeson, who lived from 1911 to 1975 and was an actor in both film and Broadway, as well as a very skilled singer. I would say that this song, Katie Went to Haiti, is a body take on FDR's so-called good neighbor policy, which was implemented in 1933 and whose goal was to bring about more friendly relations between the U.S. and Latin America. We often hear sexualized references to the good neighbor policy in the work of Court Vile in the Saga of Jenny, or Leonard Bernstein in Wonderful Town, or in this song, Katie Went to Haiti, the recordings from 1939. Katie went to Haiti, stopped off for a rest. Katie met a native, Katie was impressed. musical of Cole Porter's was a piece called Something for the Boys, which opened on Broadway in 1943 and also starred Ethel Merman, alongside Betty Garrett and Paula Lawrence, two other live wire kind of performers from that era. In that musical, the three of them appeared together in the song The Leader of a Big Time Band. The version that I'm going to play for you of that song today uses the unexpurgated lyrics, so I want you to listen closely because they are quite colorful. In this performance, the trio are Kay Ballard, Carmen Alvarez, and Elmarie Wendell. Now, let me tell you a little bit about them. I think everybody, well, maybe everybody doesn't remember Kay Ballard, but she was a fantastic comedian and actor who I remember seeing on TV in the 60s as one of the Mothers-in-Law, a hilarious series which co-starred Eve Arden. What people don't maybe remember as well about Kay Ballard is that she was an extraordinary singer. 
We get to hear a little bit of that here. Paired with her, or trioed with her, I should say, are Carmen Alvarez and Elmarie Wendell. Carmen Alvarez had a very active career on Broadway. She was born in 1934, and as far as I can tell, she's still with us. She was in the original production of Paint Your Wagon, Pajama Game, Little Abner, and others. Let me tell you a little bit about Elmarie Wendell. She was a singer and actor who achieved probably her greatest fame playing a role on Third Rock from the Sun. I never watched the show, so I don't really know her from that. She's also a very capable singer, as you will hear. This was part of a 1965 review of the songs of Cole Porter that was called The Decline and Fall of the Entire World According to Cole Porter. It was produced by Ben Bagley, about whom we shall hear a little bit more anon. For now, let's sample these three delicious ladies in this very suggestive lyric. If a girl in any sector makes you feel like a puppy called Hector, and you're longing to subject her, to elect her your wife and protector, if she's just as sweet as nectar, but of your job she's no respecter, become a top band director and you never, never will miss. Street millionaire was the answer to a working maiden's prayer. But today she'd chuck that nearly 50 grand, a leader of a big time band. In the days when Casanova was the tops, all his rivals with the fans were famous flops. But today, who's got that extra gonad? Come to Puzzle nothing when you're out like being bad I'm a leader of a big time band When in Reno, girls that we know used to clown All the chaps who wore their shafts would wear them down wasn't kosher in the bed. But today who'd be the boy she'd like to land? Or the leader of a big time band. When Dorsey begins to tilt that horn about, dear Mrs. Vanderbilt bumps herself out. Another wartime musical that was a big hit was Leonard Bernstein, Betty Comden, and Adolph Green's On the Town. Now, we heard Judy Holliday at the very beginning of this episode. The four of them together in the early 1940s were members of a group called The Reviewers that performed Town in the Village. 
We were just talking about Ben Bagley's Cole Porter Review from 1965. And in fact, On the Town can also be seen as a sort of review in that a loosely constructed plot having to do with three sailors on leave becomes the basis for many incredible songs that take place within the context of little vignettes. The show is jam-packed with great tunes, but one of the best and certainly most appropriate for today's risque episode is the song I Can Cook Too. I think it's rare that this piece has received as high-charged a performance as it does from that marvelous butch icon, Lea Delaria, who performed it on a Broadway leading ladies concert in 1998. Here's her live performance from that event. Some girls keep house on a dime Some girls make wonderful lovers But what lucky fine I'm I make a magazine cover I do keep house on a dime I make a wonderful lover I should be paid over time Cause I can pay too On top of the lot My oven's the hottest you find Yeah, I can roast too My chicken's your too With a single cord, you can choke a horn. Baby, you won't know where to sign. A woman under deadly preserve. That is the recipe for And what more, baby, I can cook. Here's a little cooking. ba do ya do ya zip and bat and boo ba de do ba do ba do 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 Rivera is a powerhouse Broadway performer and icon who is still with us today and who has given us decade after decade after decade of great performances, chock full of her particular brand of charisma. She didn't make that many records. She wasn't that celebrated as a singer, but she's a very good singer, as you're going to hear in this song by Hugh Martin and Ralph Blaine, called An Occasional Man. This is from a 1955 
film musical called The Girl Rush, which starred Roz Russell, Fernando Lamas, Eddie Albert, and Gloria DeHaven, and is evidently, was unbeknownst to me, a sequel to Wonderful Town, that other great Bernstein, Comden, and Green musical in which Ross Russell starred. But here we get Cheetah singing An Occasional Man. I got an island in the Pacific And everything about it is terrific I got the sun to tan me Palms to fan me And an occasional man I love my island, it's very lazy If I should ever leave it, I'd be crazy I got papayas, peaches, sandy beaches And an occasional man When I go swimming, I am always dressed in But if you give the slip to your ship, miss your trip, take a tip and blame an occasional day. I had been speaking about Ben Bagley, that eccentric producer and idea man who was behind that 1965 Cole Porter review. He lived from 1993 to 1998. After the Cole Porter review, he was no longer able to get shows produced on Broadway. So he turned his attentions to producing a long string of albums featuring the less known output of some of the great Broadway composers. He always obtained the services of the most illustrious singers. But nevertheless, these were sometimes in, shall we say, peculiar arrangements. Nevertheless, many people are enchanted by these and educated by much of the material that simply can't be heard elsewhere. But I want to take you back to Ben Bagley as he was just getting his start in theater in the 1950s. He began his career with a show called The Shoestring Review, which first brought to prominence B. Arthur and Cheetah Rivera. This was followed in 1956 by a show called The Littlest Review, which again provided breaks for Joel Gray, Tammy Grimes, Larry Storch, and numerous others. It primarily used the music and lyrics of Vernon Duke and Ogden Nash, but there were other composers and lyricists represented as well. For me, the standout performer here is Charlotte Ray, 
who was also born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, my hometown as well, and of course became quite celebrated on television for her role in the sitcoms Different Strokes and The Facts of Life. But long before that, she established a reputation for herself as an excellent singer who could embody both a sort of prissiness with enormous bodiness. This peculiar combination of virtues finds perfect expression in her performance of a piece from the Littlest Review called The Shape of Things, for which words and lyrics were written by Sheldon Harnick, no doubt most famous for his collaboration with Jerry Bach in Fiddler on the Roof, or for those of you in Germany, Anatevka. Completely round is the perfect pearl The oyster manufactures Completely round is the steering wheel That leads to compound fractures Completely round is the golden fruit That hangs in the Amorim street Yes, the circle shape is quite renowned And sad to say it can be found In the low-down dirty run-around My true love gave to me Yes, my true love gave to me Ha, ha, ha. 
triangular is the piece of pie I eat to ease my sorrow. Triangular is the hatchet blade I plan to hide tomorrow. Triangular, the relationship that now has ceased to be. And triangular is the garment thin that fastens on with a safety pin to a prize I had no wish to win. It's a lasting memory. Now, if we're talking about body performers, we cannot leave out Pearl Bailey, who managed to inject innuendo into nearly everything that she sang. She put out two albums in the late 50s and early 60s of Songs for Adults, which are positively delicious. I'm going to feature just one song from the second album, and that is Westport composed by Philip Springer, who also wrote the song Santa Baby for Eartha Kitt, who, God, I can't believe she's not on this episode, but she should be, and she will be on my next Cabaret Risqué episode. The lyricist here is Carolyn Lee, who contributed words for the Cy Coleman musical Little Me, and was a towering talent who had, I think, some personality problems and emotional problems that really got in her way, and I'm sorry about that. This song, Westport, which Pearl Bailey performs with such razor-sharp precision, is really a sharp critique of conformity and heteronormativity and life in the suburbs in the 1950s. Oh, there's a little ranch house in the Vale Pretty little ranch house up for sale all the shutters drawn, tenants are gone, but thereby hangs a long unhappy tale, unhappy tale. Oh, he caught her in the kitchen playing Westport, a game indigenous to suburban life, where you grab a wife of whom you're not the husband, and someone else's husband grabs your wife. Now some will claim the name of the game is Scarsdale Or Beverly Hills or even Shaker Heights But commuters from Manhattan call it Westport The game that some of our local leading lights Play to while away the long Connecticut nights Oh yeah, in that little ranch house used to dwell An advertising fella and little Nell they had children, they had a pup Oh, they were living it up And everything was sounded in a bell I mean a bell That was Till he caught her in the kitchen Playing Westport Between the washing machine And the thermostat The husband thought Oh, this is an outrage Well, said he at least, honey You ought to take off your hat 
maybe, maybe play it that way in Great Neck. You know, in Levittown, they would never think it odd. But there's not an architect in Westport who'd ever forgive the cat who said, My God, sir, I must have had the wrong Cape Cod. Yeah, Carter, right there playing Westport, which ordinarily might be cause for gloom. The sanctity of wedlocks on the downgrade. Housing is enjoying quite a boom, nail it down. They'll defame the name of the game in Boston. They'll ban it. Obviously, it's called a dirty shame. But in the firm little pastures of suburbia, the local dealers in real estate acclaim it the best thing since the FHA. If we're talking about innuendo, I can think of only one other performer who deserves to stand alongside Pearl Bailey in terms of that insinuating, sly, self-mocking tone than Marlena Dietrich. We're going to get our very last sampling of Cole Porter in Marlena Dietrich's live performance from 1964 of the laziest gal in town. She first sang the song in Hitchcock's film Stage Fright from 1950, and when she began her cabaret career a few years later, this was a centerpiece of her live shows. I think her cabaret performances reached their zenith in the early 1960s when she took on Burt Bacharach as her music director. He knew exactly how to best bring out Dietrich's sensuality and knowing self-mockery, as well as her enormous sense of glamour. I just don't think she's ever heard to better advantage than in this performance from London in December 1964. Not because I shouldn't. Because I wouldn't. And you know, not because I couldn't, simply because I'm the laziest girl in town. My poor heart is aching to bring home the bacon. And if I'm alone and forsaken, Simply because I'm the laziest girl in town. Though I'm more than willing to learn how these girls get money to burn, every proposition I turn down way down. <laughs> Not because I shouldn't. Not cause I wouldn't And you know Not cause I couldn't Simply because I'm the laziest game in town Not 
Nothing ever worries me Nothing ever hurries me I take pleasure Pleasurely Even when I kiss But when I kiss they want some more And wanting more becomes a bore It isn't worth the fighting for So I tell them this It's not cause I shit It's not cause I wouldn't And you know It's not cause I couldn't It's simply because I'm the laziest yeah. The laziest girl in time We haven't heard anything yet from Stephen Sondheim, but he also was a master of the risque lyric, and I'm going to offer you two examples of that. First, from his show Follies, is a number that eventually was cut called Can That Boy Foxtrot? This was written for the Carlotta character as impersonated by Ivan de Carlo, who eventually made a meal out of that great song, I'm Still Here. I guess we can be grateful that the song was replaced, but let us never forget that great trunk song, Can That Boy Foxtrot. When Follies was revived by the Paper Mill Playhouse in 1998, the role of Carlotta was taken by Ann Miller. Now, everybody loves to make fun of Ann Miller. So do I. She was a larger-than-life personality who, even in her dotage, seemed to be looking for the slightest excuse to break into a tap dance routine. She sang Carlotta in this revival. And I don't know if she did Can That Boy Foxtrot on stage, but, thank goodness, on the recording of that extraordinary revival, she does sing Can That Boy Foxtrot. I know this grocery clerk, unprepossessing. Some think the boy's a jerk. They have my blessing. But when he starts to move, he aims to please. Which only goes to prove That sometimes in a clerk you find a Hercules He hasn't much that's plus You might describe him thus A false alarm, a broken arm An imitation Hitler and with Hitler charm But oh, can that boy foxtrot His mouth is mean, he's not too clean What makes him look reptilian is the brilliantine But oh, can that boy foxtrot who knows what I saw in him? I took a chance. Oh, yes, one more flaw in him. He can't dance. His jokes are quaint and fair. 
jolly faint He may be full of hokum, but I've no complaint He often is a bore, but on the floor he ain't And oh boy, oh boy, can that boy fox trot I said fox trot now, just as Mabel Mercer was the doyenne of cabaret in her era, so Julie Wilson, that extraordinary performer of less than exceptional voice, was the great cabaret diseuse of her era. With her frequent musical collaborator, William Roy, Julie Wilson did a 1987 album of Stephen Sondheim songs, which is matchless in its interpretive flair. For the 1976 film, The 7% Solution, Stephen Sondheim contributed the song, I Never Do Anything Twice, which contains certainly his most, and I'm so delighted to present it to you today, as interpreted by the highly suggestive yet understated Julie Wilson. When I was young and simple, I don't recall the date I met a handsome captain of the guard He visited my chambers one evening very late In tandem with a husky St. Bernard Woof At first I was astonished And tears came to my eyes And later, when I asked him to resume, he said, to my surprise, my dear, it isn't wise. Where love is concerned, one must freshen the bloom. Once, yes, once for a long, twice, though, Loses the spark One must never deny it But after you try it You vary the diet Said my handsome young god Yes, I know that it's hard But no matter how nice I never do anything twice I think about the man who came at my command, who proffered me a riding crop and chains. The evening that we shared was meticulously planned. He took the most extraordinary pains. He trembled with excitement. His cheeks were quite aglow And afterwards he cried to me, Encore! He pleaded with me so To have another go I murmured caressingly Whatever for Once, yes, once for a lark Twice, though Loses the spark once, yes, 
once is delicious, but twice would be vicious or just repetitious. Someone's bound to be scarred. Yes, I know that it's hard, but no matter the price, I never do anything twice. And then there was the abbot who worshipped at my feet, who dressed me in a wimple and in face. He made a proposition which I found rather sweet, then handed me a hammer and some nails. In time. We lay contented. Then he began again by fingering the beads around our waists. I whispered to him then, "We'll have to say amen." For I had developed more Catholic tastes. Once, yes, once for a lark, twice. So loses the spark, as I said to the abbot. I'll get in the habit, but not in the habit. You've my highest regard. Yes, I know that it's hard, but no matter the vice, I never do anything twice. Oh, once, yes. Can be nice. Love requires some spice. If there's something in view, something to do, totally new, I'll be there in a trice. But I never do anything twice, except no. I never do anything twice. Okay. Now, if you really want to talk depravity, let's talk John Waters. He is the king of trash, and I will never forget my indoctrination into his work. For me, his greatest film is the 1974 schlockfest *Female Trouble*, starring the divine Divine and as Divine's daughter Taffy. The incomparable Mink Stole. In 2013, Mink Stole put out an album called Do Re Mink, which opens with her version of the title song to Female Trouble. She's accompanied here by quote her wonderful band. Got lots of problems. Female trouble. Maybe I'm twisted. Female trouble. They say I'm insane. I don't care. Go ahead and put me in your electric chair. Got lots of problems. Female trouble. Maybe I'm twisted. Female trouble. Spare me your morals. Everyone dies. What 
lots of problems, female trouble. So many problems, female trouble. Need a lot of attention, female trouble. One aspect of cabaret performance that I'm not paying much attention to in this episode is. I guess what I would call classical cabaret by composers such as Eric Satie, Arnold Schoenberg, Benjamin Britten. There are marvelous and endless examples of this. I am going to play a few for you, though. William Bolcom composed four different books of cabaret songs to texts by the poet, playwright, and lyricist Arnold Weinstein. I've performed a number of these, and I would say that one of my favorites is from book two. It's called Toothbrush Time. Now, William Bolcom is married to the deliciously expressive cabaret singer Joan Morris. She may not have a great voice, but as we have seen in so many of these interpreters, voice is not the most important thing here. Now, from a 1985 release on RCA Records, which was never reissued, I offer their performance of Toothbrush Time. It's toothbrush time, 10 a.m. again, and toothbrush time. Last night, at half past nine, it seemed okay. But in the light of day, not so fine at toothbrush time. Now he's crashing round my bathroom. Now he's reading my degree. Perusing all my pills, reviewing all my ills, and he comes out smelling like me. Now he advances on my kitchen Now he raids every shelf Till from the pots and pans and puddles and debris Emerges three eggs all for himself Oh, how I'd be ahead If I'd stood out of bed sit here grieving, waiting for the wonderful moment of his leaving. At toothbrush time, toothbrush time, 10 a.m. again, and toothbrush time. I know it's sad to be alone. It's so bad to be alone Still I should have known That I'd be glad to be alone I should have known I should have known Never should have picked up the phone And called him Hey, um, listen, um uh, I've got to, uh, oh, you got to go, too? So glad you understand. And, by the way, did you say nine to 
Another composer who has matched and perhaps, as some would suggest, surpassed William Bolcom in the composition and performance of his own cabaret songs is Richard Pearson Thomas, who in fact is a personal friend of mine. So I'm really excited to present this performance for you of his very body song, Damaged. In this 2010 recording, it's performed by the so-called Trillium Ensemble, which consists of soprano Patricia Pronti, my friend, the baritone-slash-countertenor Bruce Ramaker, and Richard Pearson Thomas himself on the piano. I would do anything for you have no dignity or shame to say that I am desperate would be to underestimate how low I'll sink to play this game I fling myself at your boots I crawl before you in the dirt God knows I've sung this refrain I'm an expert in pain it doesn't matter if it hurts I'm damaged You're damaged too to see how much more damage we could do. to see 
much more damage we could do. All the way through today's episode, we have been dabbling in queerness in all of its various manifestations. Composers, lyricists, performers. And we're going to end the episode with some out and proud gay material. Head on, if you will. In the 70s and 80s, there began to be seen, particularly off-Broadway and off-off-Broadway, more and more outwardly and proudly gay musicals. One of the best exemplars of this is Fred Barton, who was the co-creator and for many years a performer and a force behind the Forbidden Broadway series that ran for 27 years off-Broadway. A one-man show that he wrote and performed in is called Miss Gulch Returns. It's a very, very funny show that imagines what happened to Miss Gulch and what her history is and who eventually becomes a nightclub performer. As such, she sings her party piece, Pour Me a Man, which we hear in this live cast recording from 1986, performed by Fred Barton. Booze, Mama told me. Booze can keep you happy till you're six feet under grass. And though I've toasted Mom in heaven, I was six or seven. My happiness is yet to come to pass. When I find I'm hot to trot, Ma's advice goes down real nice, but it just don't hit the spot. No, there's one drink they can't sell me. Bitch forgot to tell me. A man doesn't come in a glass. Good is whiskey, I've been through the best in the bar. Whiskey ain't got whiskers wrapped around a cigar. Pour me a face black with bristle, watch me wet my whistle. Just pour me a man. What good is scotch, whether it's with or without the old twist? Scotch ain't got a watch around its hairy left wrist. Pour me a bulging bicep bastard. Watch me get plastered. Just pour me a man. Liquor they say is quicker they say. But what I want's even quicker. And it's thicker. <laughs> what? Goods Midori, Oriental liquor at its best. Midori can't adore me while it's flexing its chest. I've got me a fabulous former felon when I want me a mouthful of melon. I poured me a man. What good is vodka? I've been drinking eight bottles a week. Can vodka beat a bod complete with godlike physique? I came close to a concussion, choking down my first white Russian. I poured me a man. Liquor's a blast when you wanna get gassed. But I'm past just getting drunk. Poured me a hunk. What 
Goods the bubbly, which I used to drink like a dunce. But bubble ink with the trouble, it only pops its cork once. <laughs> I've got me I who gives me the jitters every time he gives me the bitters. I've got a sizzling six-foot spritzer. I poured me a non-stop good to the last drop. I poured me a lowdown. Knows how to go So excited about this next number because it features two really good friends of mine, both performer composers, in fact, Lawrence Rush and Gayla Morgan. I've known them both for years in New York, and Lawrence is currently a neighbor of mine here in Berlin, having moved here a number of months ago. He is an enormously gifted composer. And when I happened to mention to him in a chat this week that I was putting this episode together, I asked him if perchance he might have any material, and he sent me a bunch of fantastic songs. And my favorite among them was this song called Hello, I Mean, and it's performed with such delicious accuracy, both musically and theatrically by Gayla Morgan, who is, as I say, also a composer herself. This recording, as far as Lawrence could remember, was from around the year 2006, and Gayla is accompanied by the excellent pianist Peter Yaren. Hello. I mean, I thought I'd just drop by. I mean, I brought you this. A tie. And in the bag, I baked a pie. It's your favorite coconut custard And three different kinds of mustard If you don't like them, I can Well, I mean, you're looking very well Yes, very well, so goddamn good What a surprise to see you after all this time with my own eyes I mean, I asked about you Try again, I'll do whatever it takes. What do you think, for goodness sake? Say something. I mean, I know we've gone our separate ways. But I can't help but think it's just a phase. What I thought we had was good. And I am sure this time we could. I mean, okay. I mean, perhaps this wasn't smart. I see you're busy with your art. Oh, yes, your music and your books, and please stop giving me those looks. But see, a guy who sews and cooks is what every girl dreams of. Here, I'll give you lots of money. Sorry, that really wasn't funny. But you see, my eyes are running because no one has called me honey in a year. like a fool. I mean, I tried to keep my cool. I think I'll go to Istanbul. Maybe there I'll find a real, I mean, the right man. 
you know I have feelings too, not just you. Big surprise, open your eyes and realize that I'm a prize. Why can't you see that I don't want to leave like I did before? Crying on your sleeve, then slamming the door. I just can't believe that loving me was such a chore. How can Bill or Steve give you any more than I Keep the mustard and the tie and the pie. Would you consider being by? <laughs> On second thought, I'll keep the pie. So long. I mean, goodbye. Now, we had the delicious Julie Wilson performing Stephen Sondheim. I actually have her in another number for you as well from one of her last live New York performances in April 2008. This is a song she introduces herself, and I think no one can do it better than she does, and I don't want to give away the joke. So here it is. Yes. Oh, I said, by brand new song. Written a couple of months ago by uh, lyrics by Francesca Blumenthal, and uh, I think my favorite number of hers to date is that the lies of handsome men. I believe the lies of handsome men. And this was something that she wrote with a very good performer, pianist, composer. Ronnie White. He's been around a while. And I'll just test you with the title. If he were straight and I were young. If he were straight. by Cuba's arrows, stung. <laughs> what movie magic spun by fate. If I were young and he were straight. <laughs> if he were straight, our eyes would meet. Linger for a longer beat. <laughs> if he admired the clothes I wear, he wouldn't hope that we would share. <laughs> Still, this is a fantasy. He's who he is. And I am me, but that's not how this story ends. 
There's an old line. Can't we be friends? <laughs> but if I were young as once before, and hung my hopes around his door, what fervent flames we might have flung he was straight <laughs> and I were young. I can't explain this sudden hunger. He can't get straight and probably doesn't want to a bit. <laughs> I can't get younger. <laughs> I'd love it, but that won't say. <laughs> Love song with smiles. He sung. If he was great, I, I, were young. Maybe you heard Julie Wilson mention in her introduction the song The Lies of Handsome Men which is certainly Francesca Blumenthal's most famous composition, having been recorded by people from Margaret Whiting to Cleo Lane to Maria Muldaur. It's also become a kind of anthem and repertory staple for gay men as well. And we're going to take a little turn to the serious right now, because I found a performance of this online that just cut right through to my heart. It's by the exceptional performer and singer, Bill Doherty, whom I reached out to via his website to let him know that I would be including his performance of this song in this episode. He told me that he and Francesca Blumenthal, who just died this past December, were very good friends and I asked him if he had anything else that he'd like to say about her. And he wrote me back, and I just got it this morning, so I'll just read what he says to me. Francesca and I go way back. I will say we first met probably in 1987. She was very instrumental in the careers of a lot of people, not so much for her connections as her support for those of us in the community who were out there trying to establish careers. She would offer us songs, but more than that, she would offer us a willing ear. You could always count on Francesca to be in the audience at some point if you were doing a new show. And when you asked about material, she was always happy to provide it. I recorded Fireflies at her request on my first album. She was a wonderfully talented songwriter and had very clear ideas about how she wanted her songs sung. I can only imagine how thrilled she must have been with this exceptional and heart-rending performance of her song, The Lies of Handsome Men, performed, as I say, by my new friend, Bill Dougherty. I believe in star signs And I believe in film romances 
I believe in fantasy And I believe with just one glance He's crazy for my eyes Cause I believe the lies Of handsome men I believe in witchcraft And I believe in Cinderella I believe in gypsies And I believe I cast a spell That sends him to the skies Cause I believe the lies of handsome men Sometimes in a dark and quiet the truth and I meet face to face And even if His Highness disappears I'll keep some lovely souvenirs So I believe in heroes and I expect that happy ending Wishing on some rainbow I pretend he's not pretending Someday I'll get wise But right now I need the lies Of handsome Now, because this was really a humorous episode, I'm going to conclude today with a performance of the song, Why Me, God? I won't tell you the name by which the song is primarily known, because again, I don't want to give the joke away. It was composed in the 1970s by the pseudonymous Durwood Duchet. For a long time, people were delighted slash scandalized by this song, but they didn't really know anything about who Durwood Duchet actually was. Turns out he was Dick Shreve, who was a jazz pianist and composer who worked with, among many others, Benny Goodman and Andy Williams. I found out a little bit more about him in an interview with the cabaret artist Sharon McKnight. She says, his real name is Dick Shreve, and he was the pianist for Andy Williams for 20 years. The songs, because there are a cache of them, not just this one, basically came about as something to do in the off time during shows and tours. One can only hear Moon River so many times before going a bit mad. He started writing these naughty songs, and they would get played and played on the road by all these musicians looking for creative ways to spend their time. A lot of people have recorded this song, my favorite was a live recording that I found by the very, very gifted singer Charlie Meredith, about whom I know absolutely nothing other than that he's fantastic in this song. And it's a wonderful way 
to get you all off, I, I, I mean, see you all off on this April Fool's Day, 2022. Everybody's fucking <laughs> I just can't seem to get laid. Some guys even ball two or three, and then they just seem to trade. I can't get laid. The dazzling song in your hearts and I hope you're all getting fucked but good 